The Christmas Day schedule is out. Which teams belong? Which teams shouldn't be there? Plus, Patrick Beverly on the move again, this time to Minnesota, and an extension for Joel Embiid in Philly. Are those two linked in some capacity? Plus, we got a Summer League Championship game that we're going to recap for you and some general notes on Summer League. It's the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. We've got a pretty packed Wednesday here. We've got Summer League to recap, which we'll get into in the third segment. We've got a trade of Patrick Beverly heading to the Minnesota Timberwolves, a big extension with Joel Embiid. Are those two things potentially linked together? And then, of course, the Christmas Day slate of games in the start of the season, which is where we're going to start, John. So we let's start with the Christmas Day games because that's what everyone's really excited for, kind of the, the marquee day for the NBA. First one is Hawks at Knicks. Then we've got your Celtics at at the Milwaukee Bucks, the Golden State Warriors on the road at the Phoenix Suns, the Brooklyn Nets at the Lakers, and then the nightcap being the Dallas Mavericks versus the Utah Jazz. For the most part, I'm fine with this, but let's start with you. Sure. Any team shouldn't shouldn't be on there, or is this a pretty good slate of games? I, I think it's mostly fine. You know, you got that Atlanta-New York rivalry. You got that Trey Young kind you know, he he's – brought the Atlanta Hawks up to a, a level where, you know, they're, they're must-see TV. They're in this in this slate there, Boston and, and Milwaukee. That's a natural kind of rivalry that's developed. I'm, I'm a little surprised that there's no Philadelphia in here. I'm a little surprised that there's no Miami Heat in here, considering their offseason moves. That's a good point, too. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that there's no Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, the MVP not featured on Christmas day. That's weird. Uh, if there's one team on here that I'm like, Hmm, I, I would sub out Denver for the Utah jazz, but otherwise I I'm okay with it. it it's not, it's not an egregious error, but like, it's not an egregious thing, but I, I think you got to get, you got to get the MVP on here. Yeah, that was my my initial reaction was was no Jokic on there. And I get, you know, who knows what's going to be going on exactly with Jamal Murray, but it's still Jokic, the MVP, and he can carry them pretty far. And I get the Utah Jazz haven't been on Christmas in a little bit. They have Donovan Mitchell. You know, they had the best record in the league last year. I'm just not really excited to, to see him on in this day, right? Like, I, I just, I'm not that excited for that game between Luka Doncic versus the Utah Jazz. I'd like to see Jokic in there. I also am not particularly excited, honestly, about your Boston Celtics in this one. I think you could sub out the Celtics maybe for the Denver Nuggets and do Nuggets at Bucks and go the last two MVPs between Jokic and Giannis. And I think that would be kind of a fun game. How dare you? How I'm just dare the worst. you, sir? Um, yeah, I get it. I get it. But, um, I, I think the, I think Jason Tatum is, is one of the more popular players in the league. So they're going to get him on, uh, you look at the Jersey sales and, and some of the other metrics Tatum just tends to kind of rise up people like Jason Tatum. So he, he's going to get the, um, the exposure. And I think he brings some players in or, or, or some viewers in. So the, 
they'll they'll skew Boston over some of these other teams. Uh, but that this is where it gets interesting, right? Why is there no Miami? Jimmy Butler's marketable. Kyle Lowry is is you know they they've got a, a good team there for them to choose like Boston over Miami is is you know an interesting choice there. Uh, Philly for all of the things that they've got going on and maybe they just don't want to have that that drama on there. But yeah, I, I think Chicago is an interesting team to not be there. They're a big mar- you know a bigger market team and they've got they're interesting. No Zion Williamson, your guy. Like. Yeah, where's he? Look, in the Pels have disappointed on national TV so many times that I think the NBA got a little bit gun shy with them. So to <laughs> some degree, I ki- I kind of sure. get it that you, you don't need to see them losing by like 18 or whatever it might be on Christmas Day. The Heat was something that I hadn't thought about till you mentioned it, and it is a little bit surprising that not only are they not on in Christmas Day, they're not on in one of those marquee spots for to start the year. So the season starts on uh, Tuesday, October 19th. You've got Nets at Bucks, then Warriors at Lakers. Don't really have an issue there. Wednesday, you've got the Boston Celtics at the Knicks, and then we get Jokic, Denver Nuggets at the Phoenix Suns, which is going to be a pretty fun one after the whole Suns in four thing. Then you've got the Dallas Mavericks at the, uh, this is on Thursday, you've got the Dallas Mavericks at the Atlanta Hawks. So Luka versus Trey, awesome. You've got the Clippers then later that night against the Golden State Warriors. And then on Friday, you finally get your first appearance from the 76ers. Nets at 76ers, then Suns at Lakers. But no Miami Heat in that stretch whatsoever no. either, or, or Chicago, right? That's a big market that made a lot of moves and spent a lot of money this offseason, but also really tried to retool at the deadline too, going after Vucevic. It's kind of weird they're being left out, actually. I, I, I do think it's a little weird. I mean, I don't see why Miami couldn't be inserted into one of these games a boston miami game would be interesting although the new york knicks are obviously going to get a game right they're 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 still the knicks yeah and so they get the the first but look let me just be fair here the knicks last season were uh a a pleasant surprise and and this year there's a lot of hope there they got kemba walker so they they've they've added players they got evan fournier you know so it's it's you know former celtics involved in this game. It's Boston versus former Boston Celtics uh, on that Wednesday night ESPN game. But to not have, like they've hung their hats on Miami a lot over the recent years. I mean, Jimmy Butler got that whole Michelob Ultra, you know, Hall and Oates campaign. Like they've really put a lot into Jimmy Butler, building him up to be a big star. And it's, it's interesting to see where the NBA kind of sits on the Miami heat because very clearly they don't see them as a big enough draw. Like maybe they're just waiting to see, let's, let's kind of figure out how Miami works here before uh, we, we move into the, the, the rest of the season. I will also throw out this. Does this open up the, because they're doing the investigation of these sign-in trades. Chicago with their sign and trade of Lonzo, not on there. Yeah. Miami with their sign and trade of Kyle Lowry, not on there. Do they want to avoid having the conversation in these opening opening night and on Christmas Day, early season, big marquee events? Do they want to avoid the conversation being, and the Miami Heat, a team that lost two draft picks because they tampered with Kyle Lowry or whatever? Like that, I think that might also be part of this. That's a, that's a really interesting point because that would be one of the big storylines throughout this for both of those teams, right? Those th- and those deals aren't going to get undone. They're both going to have Lonzo Ball and then Kyle Lowry on the team. Nothing, nothing's getting reversed them. here. 
but you got to at least have that conversation. And when those guys get the ball and they're prominent players on both of those teams, it's going to get brought up, you know, but, but also would that maybe be what the league wants to send a message that, Hey, you, you tamper there's, there's consequences, but maybe this is also part of the consequences right. of it, right? We're not going to put you on national TV. New yeah, Orleans that's a good point Zion, too. This not is not on there. Chicago with Lonzo, not on there. Miami with Kyle Lowry, not on there. Toronto's never on there. So that's, that's just sorry, Toronto. That's how it's going to be. But those teams that we're talking about here all kind of mixed up in this stuff. So there's your punishment. You're not going to get the the marquee games. I'm sorry. So there, I'm sure there's going to be some, some punishment handed down. And we talked about it last week when, when you weren't here and I had Matt Peck on, it's a little kind of BS that oh, everybody totally. is, um, you know, jumping the gun, let's say. And because they did it too blatantly, they're going to, you know, who knows how these teams are going to be penalized, but, I, I I do have a feeling that some of this has to do with that. Uh, I don't I don't hate that idea, and you know it, it does send to some degree a message. And these teams want these games, and the fans want these games. This is saying like, no, you don't get these things. You, you're kind of withholding something for them. I like it. They they are heavy, I think, a little bit at times on the same teams in these, and these are competitive teams that are you know people know. I'd also like a sprinkling of some of the up and coming like young guys. Like I wouldn't oh, hate yeah. to see Memphis and John Morant in here, or even the Charlotte Hornets and Lamelo Ball. I think both those teams, I think, were worthy to fit in somewhere in this. Maybe not. Not on Christmas Day, but give me some of like the really, really young guys that look po- uh, poised to be the next stars so that in two, three years when those teams, if they make the jump and they're regulars on this, you know, the casual fan has some familiarity with them more so than what they might already have. 100% in- agree in that, you know, and you got to be careful of the matchups because you don't want to put like Memphis is, is a good team, but you don't want to put them up against Brooklyn, obviously. So you got to find another team that is kind of equal to them in, in who could you, could you match them up with? That's also interesting, but somewhat equal. But I I agree with you that the league, the one thing that they don't do well at all is showcase some of these teams that need more exposure. Like, like John Moran, I think is, is a, a bit of a star, but not big enough where he's so recognizable that if you put him on national TV, the casual fan would be like, Oh yeah, that's John Morant. Like he's he's kind of like a, a a tick below that. But the NBA does a terrible job of showcasing those guys. Like you got to go into like the WWE model of sometimes you got to use your big stars to get the younger stars over with the crowd, you know. And and I think the NBA needs to do a better job of somehow attaching these these bigger market or the bigger draws to some of these up and coming teams that need a little bit of exposure. The flip side of that is you don't want to have that result in a 30 point game, but you just got to you have to get creative and figure out like, for example, the Boston Celtics right now are, I think a great team that are good, but certainly not in the top tier of the East, but the, the middle tier of the East, put them up yeah. against a middle tier or a team like that. That's scrappy. Look, Memphis beat them last year in Memphis. Like the, I think the Celtics are a level of team with marketable stars that you can attach one of these lower teams to and say, Hey, here's Jason Tatum. And Oh, by the way, here's this player that we should be pushing a little bit. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'd like to see, you know, like the Suns are in there three times. The Lakers are in there three times. It's sometimes just kind of a lot for some of these teams. And you want to, not that they shouldn't be in there, but maybe get it to where you get some guys that just aren't there on there enough to really try and lure the casual fans in a little bit more. But it's fun. It's nice to see that the schedule is being released. The full schedule is going to be released on Friday. You know, we're going to be covering it here on the Locked On NBA podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts, of course, and on YouTube as well. So coming up, Trade with Patrick Beverly again on the move, this time to Minnesota. Joel Embiid getting a massive contract extension. Are they interlinked to some degree? We're going to get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to that, though, this episode of Locked On NBA is brought to you by Sweatblock, especially the Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. I live in New Orleans. It's hot. It's humid. It's the summer. It sucks when you sweat way too much, whether it's you're walking the dog, you're on a date, you've got a big presentation that you're just nervous and sweating about, or you've got an outdoor wedding. You never want to be self-conscious and kind of focused on your pits and not doing the best job you can wherever you are and whatever it is you're doing. You want to nail the presentation. You want that date to go well. You also want to maybe be able to wear white shirts and not have to wear black shirts out in the heat because you're worried about how it's going to look when you're sweating excessively. And that's where sweat block antiperspirant wipes come in. You know, this isn't a life or death situation, but if you can get a bit of an edge to help you with that, certainly that's the way you want to go. And these things are doctor created and doctor recommended, and they're really easy. You just Clean your armpits, wipe these things on. You're good for seven days. They're going to last for seven days. You don't need to worry about it after that. And they've got a dry shirt guaranteed. So if Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. And they've been featured and tested on Rachel Ray and used by firefighters, all different scenarios. These things are awesome. I used them the other day. We got a sample pack to try. Walked my dog in the heat of the afternoon here in New Orleans. No issues whatsoever. I was able to come back, jump on the Zoom calls that I had and not worry about if people are going to be looking at sweaty armpits. So if you want to give these things a try or if you know someone you love is dealing with them, you've got to check out Sweatblock. So get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. Now, that can be stressful, but there's something that can help whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me who sits in front of a desk in a camera all day long, uh, you can use Theragun. Theragun can really help. It's a percussive, handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And it's quiet, just like an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. There's a reason why you see a lot of these elite athletes using these types of devices on the sidelines. It helps get that tension out of your body. So whether it's coming out of a workout or the stress of everyday life, there's just no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. It's trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds of thousands of customers. And so you got to go to theragun.com and you get 30 days starting at $199. You can try it for 30 days for $199. Don't like it? Send it back. Not a problem. Go to therabody, therabody.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on, therabody.com slash locked on. 
All right, we've got a trade in the NBA. This time it is Patrick Beverly still on the move, no longer staying in Memphis, but being shipped up to the Minnesota Timberwolves in exchange for guard Jarrett Culver and Juancho Hernan Gomez. The other Hernan Gomez is what we call that guy here in New Orleans with his <laughs> with his brother Billy. Um, Hernan Gomi has got to be the, the plural for that, by the way, I think. So... I kind of like this trade's a little bit interesting because it sets up some larger things here. One, I like this for Memphis for a guy that they they don't really have a huge use for in Patrick Beverly. They they kind of do what they do best: buy low on certain guys and see if they work out. And if they don't, they just kind of move on from them, just like they did with Justice Winslow. Didn't work out. No big deal. No, no real loss here. It kind of sucks because it did seem like Patrick Beverly was really excited to be in Memphis tw uh, tweeting out like grit and grind. And you got to love guys kind of embracing going to a market like that. But now he goes on up to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think there's something larger here, John. So indulge me a little bit in some conspiracy theory talk. Ooh, we right. also just heard that Joel Embiid got a massive super max contract from the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like it's going to be a total of 261. Uh, sorry, it's a four year, $196 million super max deal. The extension keeps him there through the 2027 season. He's going to make a total of $261 million quarter of a billion okay it's a huge investment in a guy that we've seen it doesn't work with ben simmons so it's gotta right. mean ben simmons is on the move is this setting up minnesota trying to trade for ben simmons either you move out d'angelo russell in a trade as part of that right and we can figure mm -hmm. out the other pieces and all these things or does it also mean you could send avery bradley there to the Philadelphia 76 who's got a connection with Doc Rivers, um, not a Avery Bradley, I keep calling him that, Patrick Beverly, um, and sending him over there. There's a connection there with Doc Rivers, all of that. Or am I just kind of being crazy? Well, no crazier than you normally are, which is good. Um, I think that there, there, there could be something there. My, my issue here is that you got Carl Anthony Towns and like Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell are tight and you're, you're still trying to build around Carl Anthony Towns. So I don't think they're in the process of, of trying to piss him off right now. So I don't think maybe the D'Angelo Russell thing could work because you go from a point guard who's reticent to shoot to a point guard who's all too willing to shoot. So that's a, breakneck speed change for for philly that would be interesting there but i i don't know i mean who else are you are you sending anthony edwards over there is that part of the deal yeah, like you would assume he would also need to be in a in a trade like that i'm just wondering if this is acquiring either a replacement for d'angelo russell or a piece to include in a trade for ben simmons because it does seem like the timberwolves are a little bit they're, they're kind of in win now, right? Like I think they've, they've tried this experiment somewhat with Towns and D'Angelo Russell. And like those two have just not played together over a two year period because of injuries right. and things like that. Like that, you can't even tell if that experiment worked or did, you can't even say it didn't work, right? Like it's a big giant incomplete because they played basically no minutes together. But if you have a chance to pair, say Carl Anthony Towns with a guy like Ben Simmons, does it potentially work and would you roll the dice on doing something like that i i just i'm i'm so down on ben simmons that i i think that would just be terrible um but i think that's fair too you know i like carl anthony towns is 
I mean, he plays, he definitely plays a face up game, but he's, he's more, he's not, he's not all that different from, from Joel Embiid, obviously not as powerful, but he still faces up, right? So you, you mm-hmm. still have a guy that's going to play outside and try to open things up for Simmons to drive, which we've seen uh, Embiid do, and it still hasn't worked. So I just don't know. I don't know what's going to be the answer there. I, I think that Simmons probably works more on a team that's built around shooters rather than built around a big. So I just don't see it with Minnesota. Now I can understand Minnesota saying we're done with this stuff and we're, we're going to make the big swing and sure here's Anthony Edwards and here's D'Angelo Russell and, and, and let's, let's go. And and that would be enough to get Simmons over. Um, in fact, would that be too much? No, that, that actually would kind of match up pretty well uh, salary yeah. wise. So um, that could be enough for, for Philly and, and that would be great for Philly, but uh, I think it would be a bad move for for Minnesota. I don't know that it's a precursor for anything. Uh, I think it is potentially Minnesota building up for, I don't know, just acquiring assets. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is a precursor for something. But I don't think no, it's it, it, it may not be. I, I, it's just, I don't know. It's it's They're in such a win-now mode. I wonder, and look here, I just pulled the numbers up. D'Angelo Russell's played 25 games with Carl Anthony Towns. That's it. Ridiculous. Which is ridiculously just small number. And maybe they want to kind of keep going with what they're doing and try and build that. And as you said, right, like it's there's always been the worry that Carl Anthony Towns is going to be one of those guys that kind of forces his way out. So you're probably not going to piss him off and get rid of one of his best friends and a guy that he really wanted to come on the team. I think that's a really good point in all of this. Yeah, I, I just I, I don't think that that's the way that they want to go. I think they want to win. I think they want to keep Towns happy. He's got three more years left on his deal. This is probably the last year of of everybody just kind of leaving Minnesota alone for the most part. I think we're going to start hearing some chatter by the trade deadline. I think next summer is going to be a big deal here. It's going to what happens this season is going to matter in Minnesota. Like what what they end up coming up with is is going to matter, and he's going to need to see some some direction. They just got new owners, so. We're going to see what the new ownership does, what how they go. Still a lot of flux in, in Minnesota. You new coaches, new front office, you know, recently new front office, now new owners. It's There's a lot that's been happening there. The stability there is shaky. And so this season is super important for them to just kind of say, all right, this ownership group believes in this. We believe in these, these people in charge. We believe in these players. And... Where do you go from there? I, I don't know if it if that is a big swing for Ben Simmons, if that's going to be the right destination. I keep looking at Philadelphia and saying they're waiting out Damian Lillard. They're they're waiting out um maybe Bradley Beal, or they're waiting out the Golden State Warriors and and their young guys that they just picked up. And and what what happens with the Warriors? Is Clay going to be old clay when he comes back or is he going to be some diminished version of that do the warriors get desperate and say all right let's let's see if we can replicate draymond green if draymond green is is any any diminished at all can we replicate that with ben simmons and try to make one last run here so those are the three teams i'm watching more than anything with philly 
Yeah, no, I I, th- I think you're probably right. This is probably a stretch. I said conspiracy theory right off no, the bat, you know, somewhat, but it's, it, they're in an interesting spot, I think. Also, briefly, before we wrap up this segment, another extension on the books, Marcus Smart with the Celtics. Yeah, you know, four-year, $77 million deal, the maximum amount allowed. I think it's a good a good signing for the Celtics. He's going to end up sliding into their their starting point guard slot, I think. He's he remains even though his defense took a little hit last year. I I don't think a COVID season where so many guys were hurt and he was hurt. Uh, I don't think that that's something to kind of think is, is going to last too long. I I think Marcus Smart's going to be a good starting point guard for the Celtics, and they're paying him as such. And hey, if it doesn't work, it's still a tradable number. And if if the Celtics get in on one of these these guys, a Bradley Beal. If if Marcus Smart needs to be involved in that deal, this number is good enough to trade. So, but I I, I like it. I'm I believe in Marcus Smart as a starting point guard. I'm I'm one of the pro Marcus Smart guys in in Boston. So, yeah. Uh, look, I, he's someone I would have loved to see in New Orleans. So there we go. Extensions, potential trades, um, and trades that actually went down. So coming up, we've got a champion of summer league plus a couple more summer league thoughts as that all starts to wind down. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On NBA. Before we get to that though, today's episode of Locked On NBA brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is basically. Candy bar, that's kind of healthy for you because they're protein bars. They just happen to taste like candy bars. And in fact, they've got flavors that are like candy bars. I just ordered the Rocky Road flavor. That's a limited time flavor that came in. It's got marshmallow in it. It's unbelievable. Actually tastes like the ice cream, except that it's healthy for you, just like all of the built Bars are. And if you check out the macros on these things, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories between 130 and 180, so you're not wasting all that cardio that you just did. Only 4 to 5 grams sugar, only 4 to 5 grams net carbs they are amazing flavors the mint brownie is also one of my favorites i ordered that alongside the salted caramel which truly looks and tastes like a candy bar they're all amazing they're all tasty they're all healthy for you so if you want to give them a try go to builtbar.com use promo code lock 15 and you're going to get 15 percent off your next order again that is promo code lock 15 for 15 percent off over at builtbar.com bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action you could have bet on the Summer League Championship game if you were so inclined. You can bet on the WNBA, which is back, or anything else that's out there. It's all on Bet Online. So head on over, use your laptop, use your mobile device, create your profile for free. And then when you finally make your username and password and all of that, enter the promo code LOCKED ON, and you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So make it good. You're basically winning a bet right away. If you drop 200 bucks in there with your first deposit, you use the promo code locked on, you get a $100 welcome bonus. That's how it works. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the game at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. It is officially over. We've got a champion. It's not your Boston Celtics, John. It is, in fact, the Sacramento Kings after they beat the Celtics 100 to 67. So close, close there, right? Oh, man. A couple, a couple of breaks go the other way, man. This kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how, how lucky that are we, 33 man? Point. We, get, we, get the, we get the NBA championship to podcast about. We got the Summer League championship to podcast about. I mean, the same exact thing. It's going to do numbers with that, that, right? What we do. We talk about championships on this podcast. 
Uh, look, I, Sacramento Kings, two-time summer league champion, and then look, they better be happy about that because that's like the closest they're going to get to any hardware. Not the only thing that that trophy is the only trophy they're going to hold for a while. But hey, look, the Kings were phenomenal. Davion Mitchell was great. Uh, the, the Celtics came out to a big early lead, and I was like, oh, here they go. Summer Celtics, unstoppable. Then Mitchell got onto Peyton Pritchard, and that was the end of it. The, the, the Kings defense clamped down. They've been playing great defense all summer long. This meant something to them. They wanted to win this thing, and, and Mitchell came in and and lived up to it's like the, the backhanded compliment of the century. Oh, uh, this one mattered to them. It didn't matter to the Celtics though. I mean, they came <laughs> in. Yeah, it did. It did. This mattered to them. The Celtics have been talking about development and blah, 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 blah. Um, but you know, look, it's, it's, it's two teams that are trying to develop in different ways. And let's be honest, we're not, we're not breaking any news by saying the Kings need to build a culture. and. You making something like summer league important and winning summer league, making that somewhat important is part of building the culture. The team came in and that's the thing that they needed to hammer home on top of individual improvement and assessment and evaluation coming in and saying winning means something to this team is actually, I'll give them the credit. Like that's something that's important for the Sacramento Kings to believe in and the young guys taking that into the season, they got to believe that what they're going into is a team that wants to win. So, you know, congratulations. The, you just redeemed yourself there. That was good. Like, look, you're right, though. It, it's got to start somewhere and taking what you do seriously, even if it's something that's kind of meaningless to a certain degree, like summer league does say a lot about your professionalism and how you kind of go about your job. So like, actually kind of, I like, I like your take on all of that. And man, Davian Mitchell, like yeah. so look he he should be dominating right these older players that go into summer league who have just more experience under their belts usually at a high college program um tend to do better and they should do better right so him dominating a lot of summer league and looking really good defensively overall against guys that were probably worse than some of the people he played against last season in college isn't surprising to see him do it to Peyton Pritchard who's coming in on such a heater and is a dude who played in the NBA averaged over seven points per game last season to mm -hmm. completely shut him down that's when I start to like pay attention in things if it was just a bunch of scrubs who were never going to be in the NBA like eh, whatever that you should be doing that this was a little bit eye-opening though I thought yeah look you, you had Peyton Pritchard who had been shooting the lights out in summer league and was was one of the stories of the summer right he's one of the best players in the summer league he had been uh, one of the top scorers one of the top assist guys then he takes a break from summer league to go to a, a previously uh scheduled pro-am drops 92 which goes viral because wait what 92, he scored 92 points did you didn't go that viral if it didn't hit you, but you know, look, <laughs> 92 points when you score 92 points, even though it's a program, you know, like it's still 92, you gotta, you gotta hit a lot of shots in a short amount of time. So, you know, that there's a lot of buzz around Peyton Pritchard at this point. And Mitchell says, Oh yeah. And then squashes that uh, Pritchard finished with six points on three of nine shooting Missed all six of his three pointers. Uh, just uh, Mitchell's nickname is Off Night. 
because that's what yeah it's great it's a great nickname too that's got it that's going to be up there i think that that's a great one that is a great one because and now this just adds just a little bit it's still only summer league and all that stuff but like he took a guy who was like you said an established nba player after after a rookie season a guy that in boston we're counting on him in boston to do some things and be a key player off the bench like all of the evaluations of pritchard going into next season are some people want to talk about him starting even. So to come in and say, Hey, you know what? You got to get past me to do, you know, you got to earn this. That's really, really impressive. I think that, you know, we, we talked before the draft about maybe this, the, the golden state warriors need Mitchell to, cause they need an older guy looking at the Kings, maybe getting the older guy, was the right thing to do for them because they needed a rookie with some maturity in there and, and and he's the guy like that that could be a really strong addition to the kings look they kind of vindicated themselves right i think that pick was kind of mocked all around not not mocked to them but like mocked after the fact we made fun of this and it looked like a bad pick and at the time a lot of people were like what what are the kings doing they, they got vindicated, and he kind of proved himself in this one. He looked good, and he looks like he will be a solid NBA player sooner rather than later, which, again, should. He's older. That's kind of what those guys tend to do. And you're right. The Kings need more of those guys. They just need good, solid basketball players. Looks like they got one in Davion Mitchell. And, look, I, I think I think there, this has been a summer league where we've seen, like, the best of the, the, the draft kind of show out a little bit. We've seen uh, – what I like about the summer league is the names that we came to see have mostly been impressive. I know a couple of guys got hurt, but mostly the guys we came to see have done a, a decent job and, and, you know, maybe not Cade Cunningham to the level of maybe what some people expect from the number one overall pick, but he was still good in summer league though. Like I haven't been upset with anything I've really seen out of him. Right. And, and I think when you put him in a situation where there's, he's playing with better NBA players and there's, there's more direction to the team, he can do some of the, the teammate enhancing stuff that, that he can do uh, versus playing with guys that are, are missing a ton of shots around him, you know? So uh, he was good. Uh, Jalen Green was good. All of these guys that you were like, oh, I want to see if this guy's any good. Most of these guys, you looked at them and you said, okay, yeah, I, I can see this. And if I'll put it this way for the NBA, they kind of needed a summer league where these guys showed out a little bit like this, because now you go into this upcoming season after the pandemic and who knows how this Delta variant is going to impact the upcoming season. The NBA really will benefit from some of these big names that we've seen in the draft coming through and at least not saying the story, not being like, Oh, wow, this, you know, this, this pick is, is probably going to be a bust already. We were looking at bust potential after a, a few summer league games, everybody that teams should be excited about. I think those teams, those fans are excited about these guys. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, there's a lot of like negative coverage, right? We we joke about on Twitter and it's a thing that a lot of the people who cover the league actually kind of hate the league and they want to label people busts and things like that. And with this rookie class, it's going to be harder to kind of do that too, too soon. 
I think, as you said, you know, Jalen Green looked really good in summer league. I thought Cade Cunningham, at least especially from three, was good. Let's struggle a little bit more getting to the rim and things like that. But overall, these guys kind of showed that they belong and that you should be excited about them and that there was maybe more depth to this draft. Might not have been as top heavy as, say, some of the drafts in the past, but this one definitely had some depth, particularly in the first six or seven picks. And you started to see it with all of those guys really showing out. And then look, a lot of guys towards the end of the first round really did well. Cam Thomas out of LSU lit it up and it's just like instant just instant offense off the bench. And that's really cool to see. Alper and Shengun looked really good, kind of an unknown coming in, a guy that polarized you as a prospect, right? You might've had him in your top like 10 or not anywhere close to that. He did exceptionally well. It's it's nice to see these young guys come into the league, even if it's just summer league, so prepared and ready to make an impact, I think. Yeah, look, overall, a positive experience. I think fans who got to go there, got to see uh, the stuff that they wanted to go see. They got to see these, these good young players. They got to see some fun basketball. The NBA pulled off a kind of abbreviated summer league and put people in Las Vegas in the middle of August, which is borderline insane, because, but <laughs> they, they did it. And it was, you know, it was a big hit. There's, we come out of this, with I, I don't think uh, any negative vibes. Like the 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 NBA is on a bit of a high note. They pulled off the season. I have my reservations about that. They crowned a champion. They you know Giannis got his ring. This is a, a big deal for the NBA for the, like the the face of the franchise, a small market team. Then they flowed right into the draft, which was which was great. And then they flowed into summer league, which went off kind of without a hitch and, and mostly positive stories out of that. This is a great, the, the great way to end the, the madness of this season. And now things turn around very quickly because we're already at mid, mid August and the end of September, we're right back into next season. So it's, it's a quick turnaround, but all high notes from here for me. I like it. Good vibes only. That's there it, we man. go. We're ending there. We're ending there on, on all of the good, good vibes here. So that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't forget, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe on YouTube as well. Look, no one else is coming to you all like this. Five days a week covering all the biggest stories, covering Summer League, different hosts to give their opinions on there. One-stop shop for all things about the NBA. And on Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter. And I host the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you all next week.